You come at the king, you best not miss. You're now locked in the zone, zone 32. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Zone 32 podcast. Recapping an L. My name is Jake. His name is Drew. His name is Will. His name is Grant. And we have a special guest. This man's name is Tom. Say what's up to the people. No, I've seen Shut it. the fuck up already. Let's get into the show. He obviously doesn't listen. That's fine. I was hoping this would go down like this. All right. Anyway. Well, hold on. Hold on. Before we get started, before we get started, before we get started, I got to I got to cover something, something actually serious. We don't usually like talk about personal stuff or serious stuff on here besides, you know, the good and the bad of uh, being a Ravens fan. But I need to shout out. My best friend today had to take his dog in and have him put down. So I want us all to raise our glass, okay? We're going to toast to Murray. Murray yesterday, I spent the day yesterday with Murray watching the game and did not expect today to hear that he was being put down. So it was very sudden. Um, my buddy, you know, he, he's married and has two, two young kids. And so it's sort of a devastating event for them. So I just want to send... All, all our love and support and i think um it would be a cool thing anybody who listens to this who's a dog person so hopefully everybody because if you're not a dog person you're a psychopath murderer um i think if people are inspired to um to on murray's behalf maybe donate um murray didn't come from a, a rescue um he came from a mennonite farm in pennsylvania so we're not going to give them any business but um i i recently well a year ago adopted my dog tucker from a place called grassroots rescue um their website is grrde.org um and there's a couple ways you can support them you can adopt a dog from them which is the best way to to do it you can foster i know they look for fosters um they're located in delaware so you'd have to be in that area in order to do that or you can donate you can do it on their website like I said, it's grrde.org. Um, they have a PayPal. It's at Grassroots Rescue. And Venmo is at grass-roots-rescue. So um, anybody who feels compelled to do so, if you want to donate on Murray's behalf, that would be really cool. So anyway, let's uh, let's raise our glass and cheers and uh, RIP Murray. To the lost. RIP Murray. All right, let's get into it. Sorry to, to drag the mood down, but Murray needed his uh to get his flowers from us. It already is, so you're yeah. just fit you're just fitting the motif. We're in mourning. I mean, listen, yesterday that game happened. Uh at, right after the game ended, a fucking dickhead asshole crashed a motherfucking airplane into the power lines and blew out all the power in Montgomery County. There was like a million people who didn't have fucking power yesterday, including me. So I was going off the rails in the dark until uh, like 11 p.m. And then today we lose Murray. Like what a fucking 24 hour span this is. We, we need to do something to get right around here. So sorry, Jake. Did they get him out of the fucking plane? Yeah. Someone tried to pull a 911 yeah. power line. Completely uninjured. And there's a recording of this dick calling 911. Just calm as can be. He's he's yelling out the window. Hey, hey, down there. Fuck you, dude. Fuck off, cocksucker. Learn how to fly a damn plane. Anyway, Fry. let's get into it. So the Ravens flew down to Duval County to play the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the defense gave up 18 points in the fourth quarter, allowing this Trevor Lawrence, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones-led Jaguars offense without Travis Etienne, by the way, since he left in, I believe, the first or second quarter. 
I think it was the first quarter. I think he maybe had like two or three carries before he left. It was yep. it was nothing. Yeah, he three yards. Yep. Literally left. Got hurt in the game. So then that offense, without their best offensive player, mounted a come from behind victory within the fi- with the final seconds to take a 28-27 lead. And then because it's what they always do, they asked Justin Tucker to be Jesus Christ and kick a 67-yard field goal which would have broken his own record and came up a little short. If it was 64, 65, which was also like otherworldly, if he made that, he would have made it from that distance. But alas, it was a 67 yarder and he missed. Can't fault him too much for that. The only thing you can fault him for is that he's not Jesus Christ. That, that, that's it. That's the only beef with Justin Tucker. But anyway, offense had their issues with drops, miss cues, missed assignments, terrible play calling, like, I'm not going to get as much into it because I have four of the people who can elocute my thoughts perfectly. So, Drew, like always, I'm going to start with you. The floor is yours, sir. I have no positive things to start off this week with. Um, Everybody on the offense can go fuck themselves. Uh, Lamar played pretty well. Um, Other than that, you know, drop passes, uh, just inability to do anything right. Gus Edwards fumble, uh, settling for, you know, two field goals in the red zone instead of um, scoring touchdowns there. I, I don't know. Why is Greg Roman still employed? Again, I feel like I should just, you know, record myself saying that so I don't have to say it every week when we do this shit. Uh, just fucking fire him at this point. And, you know, and then on top of that, the defense fucking sucked. Like, there's no other way around that. You let Trevor Lawrence walk down the field twice, uh, two, you know, 10-play, 75-yard drives in the fourth quarter complete fucking train wreck performance from top to bottom. Um, you know, fuck Eric DeCosta too. I don't know. I feel like you should just everybody in the front office, go fuck themselves. John Harbaugh, go fuck yourself. Any, the fucking asshole packed all their equipment, go fuck himself. Like everybody should have been forced to walk home from Florida. It was just a fucking embarrassing performance top to bottom. And probably the worst loss that I've watched this year. I agree a hundred percent. And that's like, you know, we talked about maybe doing this last night, but man, I was fired the fuck up yesterday. And like, the thing is, it's just, it's not only the miscues, but it's like stupid shit. It's elementary shit. Like people were talking about Lamar over through Demarcus Robinson. Everybody's seen the clips going around where he did slow down a little bit. Had he kept his stride, that's right in the basket. Um, the Josh Oliver missed touchdown. Josh Oliver jumped about a half a second way too early. If he just waited enough and then high pointed it, it was a money touchdown ball same thing with mark andrews mark andrews doesn't drop those he dropped that you know duvernay had one right between the numbers he dropped but like people are criticizing lamar and i mean what do you want the guy to do you know he's schematically down because his offensive coordinator is a flat-out fucking idiot and he's nothing greg room is nothing more than a run game coordinator that's all he is no he's not even that because without without fucking uh lamar having 89 yards rushing they averaged like three yards a carry yesterday so even now he sucks at coordinating. A yeah, if Lamar game. didn't have eighty nine yards, we would have had we would have had a terrible game on the ground. I think it was twenty one carries for seventy three yards. So again, that's fucking pathetic. If your specialty is being a run game coordinator and you can't even fucking run on the Jacksonville, Jaguars, and we always go back to the route concepts. You know, like in in I mean, I saw it repeatedly again. I mean, people were in the wrong fucking spot. It, it, there's no way that professional wide receivers don't know how to run routes or don't know a play and what route they have on a certain play. But there's also no fucking way that Greg Roman is stupid enough to have three wide receivers in the 10-yard radius on a short field. What do you mean there's no way? 
What do you mean there's no way he's stupid enough? He, he does. He's done this for years. He's done this since fucking... Just, like, basically just be like, he's stupid, but there's no way he's that fucking stupid. He, but he is. He's fucking sitting up there, you know, eating his fucking cheeseburger and fries or whatever the fuck his problem is so that it takes him, you know, till there's four seconds left to get the play call in. And then he's drawn up his dumbass fucking plays. Yeah. And they're rushing. Lamar's trying to move people around. And he does some weird, like, step back. Has he, he, he's done it before where he kind of he takes the snap on a quarterback sneak, hesitates, waits for the A to open, and then he'll slide to B. And then he'll get a yard, two, three yards, whatever he'll sliver through. But, like, he was, like, rushing. And he, like, didn't get to get his, I guess, everything set. But, I mean, you can't ex- – quarterbacks have to read a defense. You get the play in so that you get up, you get set, you get out of your huddle, you be able to view the field in front of you, and you can check your alignments or see what potential coverages there are. You can't fucking do that when mm-hmm. you're running to the line, shifting Pat Ricard yeah, right. to the slot back Grant, and all that shit. Grant, I think you were one of the first people to like this tweet that I, I sent out. I think it was first thing this morning. First thing I thought of when I woke up. The, the best play we ran yesterday, people were freaking out. We got a punt downed on the one yard line. So we were, we were backed up in our own end zone on first down. We had the most beautiful play concept for the situation because like we were saying outside of Lamar, we weren't getting much on the ground. So handing the ball off from there from under center was a, was a liability. I think that, you know, you, you run the risk of, of ending up getting a safety there. So we go in pistol. We had Duvernay split out left with Mark Andrews. Andrews was in the slot. We moved Duvernay in motion in a jet sweep motion, and it drew the the defense so that they were moving in the opposite direction and had Mark Andrews ISO. We had a clean inside release, very easy throw, no traffic. That's the kind of thing Greg Roman has these great concepts that he can do. But like maybe we should like put a blindfold on him and have someone tell him where we are in the field and just tell him all the time, hey, we're on our own one yard line at all times. Because then maybe he'll call good plays like that play would work. That play would work on the fucking goal line. That play would work on the 40 yard line. That play works anywhere. But he ran it there because he needed a clean throwing lane. But for some reason, he can't use that same logic and call plays that make sense in in any other situation, especially in, in the red zone. We had three red zone possessions yesterday, and this is this goes to play calling and to uh, receivers dropping the ball. We had three red zone touchdown passes dropped yesterday. I have a major gripe with Mark Andrews, who uh, for I, I think I can probably count five or six times since he's been drafted. And the first one, the first major one was the first Tennessee playoff game in 2019. Uh he, you know, on that first possession in that game, he had that instead of, uh, you know, making a, a better effort or the one that Kevin Byer picked off. Yeah, he he tipped the ball up in the air, basically like to say, like any safety, it's all yours. And that that play still to this day, that play defined that season because Greg Roman, that was the beginning of the end for Greg Roman. He departed from the the play calling that got us where where we were that that got us to that point in the season and he went just pass 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 just idiotic play calling so mark andrews has these games uh i can think uh, last year was it last year where um he he tried i know 
Tom was hot about this one when uh, we had the two-point conversion against the Steelers and Andrews tried to catch it with one hand instead of running through the ball. Um, He's had, I'm telling you, there's five or six games that Mark Andrews has had where Mark Andrews is paid like a top five tight end. He is regarded as a top three tight end, if not top two tight end. I think George Kittle, when George Kittle is healthy, there's a conversation to be had as to who's number two. I don't think at this point there is any conversation as to who's number one. Kelsey's still number one by by a wide margin because he doesn't have games like Mark Andrews had yesterday. Uh, if Mark Andrews didn't have games like that, like that, he would have an argument to be considered the best tight end in football. But because every now and then we see that guy show up and you can't have Mark Andrews show up like that against the fucking Jaguars when he had Seven targets yesterday. He had four catches for 50 yards. The balls that he dropped, he had two bad drops. One was a touchdown. And then he had a ball that I consider a drop on, uh, I don't know if it was a wheel. He was running up the left sideline. And they said, like, uh, the receiver grabbed his right arm. To me, if the tight end is running up the sideline to catch a ball, Grant, what do you think about this? And he's going to catch it, like, in the basket? No, dude, you're fucking six foot five. Get your hands up. You don't need your. You don't need to be doing this. You don't need to be giving a a, a defensive back the opportunity just to grab your arm and disrupt that. He's bigger and stronger. Our receivers just learned how to break off a route and come back to a scrambling quarterback like this season. Right, and one of the guys, and one of yeah, one of the guys who's the best at that, uh, who I noticed just naturally is great at that, is Isaiah Likely, who uh, apparently dinged up his. Marcus Robinson is pretty good about that yeah. too, but yeah, so, like yeah, is. and and you know, people say we didn't, we did, we we're not giving Lamar weapons, we're not addressing problems. Now, okay, we drafted two tight ends in this past draft, and if you where look, is Charlie Kohler then? Right. So, but what I'm saying is, we did address the red zone issue because we drafted the number one and number two graded tight ends in FBS last year in the red zone. So these are two guys who were brought in to be red zone threats. And yesterday when we needed red zone guys, neither one of them are there. So that's, and I don't know what to say about that. It's not like you can't penalize anybody really for, for being injured, I guess, including EDC for drafting them. It's not his fault. They're fucking hurt, but we could have fucking used them. I, I know that much. We haven't let Tom, t- we haven't let Tom well, talk. Yeah, I was we say, let we'll get talk. Tom in here, but what I was going to say was, is, you know, no matter what we say about Hollywood Brown and everything, Hollywood Brown, well, the one thing he did well was track the football down the field. So he was that deep threat, and that did open up a lot in the offense because you didn't want to one-on-one him, and he was able to make those catches. But I think that's what they're hoping Deshaun Jackson can do, just give him two a game. Jackson does it, though. I mean, Jackson did, showed us yesterday he still can do that. But he's he's be on the field. He had a 62-yard catch. When's the last he's time we had one on of them? He's got to yeah. be on the field. Yeah. Hey, don't forget with Andrews, by the way. Uh, Andrews also fucking fumbled on the first drive. Like That's we, true. we got lucky because we got yeah, lucky because Jacksonville. He had an abomination of a game. An abomination of a game. Horrible. Horrible. I mean, he's paid like a top five tight end, and he got outproduced by fucking Josh Oliver. Right. And Josh Oliver has looked good to his credit. And, and it's like that's not a that's not a bad problem to have to have a bunch of. It is. It's a terrible problem to have. Well, I guess it is because it. Because Greg Roman's going to lean on it too much. It, it, right, exactly. And Greg Roman doesn't understand how to use two tight ends at once. He can only use one tight end at a time. Even if you have two tight ends on the field, he can't figure out how to design routes so that both of them get open. I don't understand why that's the case, though, because in 2019, he did it well with Hurst. and Andrews. He really didn't, though. Hayden, Hayden Hurst did not 
play anywhere near to his potential in 2019. Like, but he, w- but it's a complimentary role. It's a complimentary role. So, and and uh, it, it's- yeah, but we don't want we don't we don't want a complimentary role. We don't have any wide receivers. I would rather have Josh Oliver on the field being a legitimate pass catching threat over you know fucking James Prochet. Well, Oliver also dropped a touchdown himself. So you know, I mean, like n- nobody is yeah, w- did, without fault here. One, at least. Yeah, we had five drops yesterday. Five drops yesterday, and three of them were touchdowns. No way. We we had at least seven. Well, I'm saying that. On the st- in the stat book. Oh, yeah, was, we at least had seven. I'm just saying it, as far as official drops, there were five official drops. Four of them were in the second half, and three of them were touchdowns. It's it's fucking embarrassing. My whole problem is is that you have you have Charlie Kohler, you have, you know, Isaiah Likely, you have Josh Oliver, you have Mark Andrews. Those are probably your four best pass catchers at this point. So fucking yes. put them on the field and figure out how to use them. Right. Like en- enough with this. If you're going to treat wide receiver and tight end as the same position, and they said it multiple times during the broadcast to the point where I wanted to throw my fucking remote through a television, that the Ravens think that tight end and wide receiver are the same position and they're just pass catchers. Well, if you truly feel that way, then fucking use the good guys you have. Enough of this shit of putting fucking James Prochet on the field. Get Ben Victor some targets, please. Can we get somebody on the field who is tall and fast that can catch the fucking ball? Is that so much to ask? I'm sorry because Drew has a jersey, but if we could get the fucking fullback off the field on second and 14. There, there were some very questionable uh, personnel decisions made with Ricard yesterday. My problem with that Ricard screen is that is a great play call on third and short. Yes. Why the fuck are you calling that on second and 14? Yes. That's the Greg Roman issue. I'm not sure if you guys saw, but on that, uh, the play with 10 seconds left, I believe yeah. our personnel group was two tight ends and a fucking fullback. I mean, you you just had Deshaun go for 65 yards, right. and he's not on the fucking field. And they basically ran a play to get us to that right to that line where it's like, oh, we got Justin Tucker. It's cool. He'll kick a 66-yard field goal. Number one, the time he made that actually happen, it was in fucking Detroit indoors, not in Jacksonville, not outside, not where we had a fucking weather delay earlier in the in the day. And I know that by the time that that happened. Uh, you know, the weather had calmed down, but still it's much different kicking a long distance field goal outside than it is kicking in a fucking dome. But just the fact I that the play that call shit was good though. The, the, the plate. Yeah. So did I off the foot, but the, but yeah, the play design, the play design to get us to that line. What do you like? And, and like, like Tom said, the personnel grouping, like you're not fooling anyone. Everyone knows where we have to go. We, there's no reason to have short yardage personnel on the field. And I, I mean, I, I understand there have been times this year, though, where we uh, we need yardage and uh, we have like a three man rush and somehow they get to the quarterback. So I guess I understand it in that sense. But we still don't need two tight ends and a fucking fullback on the field. Pat Ricard was was expendable there. The game winning touchdown also wasn't a touchdown either, because at what point do you stop? Like so, so technically his ankle hit in. So one foot in the NFL essentially counts because his lower half of his calf was on the line. That's not a shin, right? But there, so their their argument. Here's the problem with the fucking NFL catch. Number one, nobody has any fucking idea what a catch is. Stop with the shin bullshit. It's a knee. No, no, no. But a shin's fine. But it's got to be the shin, like you said. It can't yeah. be the fucking side of the calf, and it can't be one foot. And the, the reason why they couldn't overturn that is that they call a touchdown on the field because now they teach referees that you call everything a touchdown or a turnover on the field, and then you can go back and review it. But you can't overturn a review without, you know, irrefutable evidence or whatever the fuck they call it. So it's, you, you fuck yourself. You put yourself in these stupid fucking positions where you're giving Marvin Jones a touchdown they didn't deserve. And honestly, like, the Jacks probably would have scored the next play anyway, so it's not like it really matters, but... They did. It's just... 
another guy we need to discuss is Marcus Peters was very bad yesterday, and it's another game in a series of, of bad performances. He's had a couple very good performances, and he did have a fumble recovery. Not that he really contributed to it in any way, except that he was just standing there, and the ball ended up like you know on its on his foot. But um, he and I know that there's question it, like as far as the the coverages we were playing, we weren't playing man, and a couple of those where he got. Beat and then, you know, he may or may not that may or may not have been a touchdown. But Marcus Peters is known as being a physical guy. That touchdown that shouldn't have been a touchdown. If he's being physical enough, there's no question about it. Just shove the motherfucker out of bounds the second the ball touches his hands. I think he thought he was out, like he was already. But that's the second time. The second time in the past three games, Marcus Peters thinks someone is out and a fucking touchdown comes because of it. Dude, he's been, he's been in. Hold he's, on, hold on. Hold Marcus on, hold on. Peters is the one who, who had, who had him in the first place in, no, in New Orleans. No, no, it wasn't. No, no I'm not going to let you blame. I, I'm, I'm here for the Marcus Peters is not. Marcus Peters didn't force him out of bounds. Caliber. And then Chuck watched him run by afterwards. The only reason Chuck let him run by is because he thought he was out too, because Marcus Peters thought he was out too. But like, dude, you don't, the goal isn't to make the guy go out of bounds by like one centimeter, throw this motherfucker in the front row. But Marcus Peters in his defense, he's been in some good position this year and people have made some incredible darts that they, they just fit in. That was a great throw by Lawrence. He's not riding. He's not riding his receivers deep enough in cover two. In the cover two, he's shallowing it too right. much. So then, when the safety comes over top, there's too much of a window. Right. There's the gap. The gap is too large. Right. That void. He gives too much. This is what happened to him in in Los Angeles. This is what happened to him with the Rams. Is that they switched to that cover two zone shit, and he doesn't understand where to pass off routes. I don't know why we do that. We need some sort of a hybrid. We need a hybrid coverage where we let our two lockdown guys who play great in man coverage, just cover in man. And why the fuck did we have Marlon Humphrey playing slot cornerback all day yesterday? And and with the game on the line, we have Brand Stevens still playing outside corner. On fucking Zay Jones. Zay Jones was torching us. Did you see on, on that conversion too, like three guys jumped the receiver that was in the front of the end zone over the middle. Mm-hmm. Like they completely sold out on that and then just left. Stevens was on a fucking island. But that, I mean, that was his that was his assignment. But still, like, you, we should have had Marlon Humphrey out there. That does not happen if Marlon Humphrey's covering him. It just doesn't. I saw I saw a video on Twitter. Somebody breaking it down that the Jags have run that play where you jump the that they throw to that wide receiver in the front of the end zone that everybody jumped. And so that was one of those stupid fucking you know anticipating a play. Oh, I saw that on film, and then you know Trevor Lawrence made the right read. I, I don't I fully agree. Why is Brandon Stevens one on one with the guy who was torturing us all day? That's what doesn't make sense to me. I love Mike McDonald again. I'm wearing a Michigan hat. Like you know, great weekend for me that the Ravens ruined. But like that, that just that last drive alone, like you have to adjust there. You have to see that Zay Jones is fucking beating you up and down the field. You have to put your best corner on him. You can't just continue to let that. Third and eight. Why are we not pressing? On a, on a game-winning drive, they don't have any timeouts. Why are we in zone the whole fucking drive? Is Odafe Owe even on the fucking field? No, no, he's getting held apparently the whole time. Every every play yeah, he's held. held to nothing. Held held to not produce. I didn't even I didn't even read the snap the the snap totals, but I know people were saying that Owe had, had a five. It was like forty percent of snaps. Yeah, that's all that the snap totals were down. So I made this point: you can't read too much into those snap counts 
on a game by game basis with, especially with the defensive front, because there's going to be a different game plan, no matter like based on it's, it's game dependent. So it could be that we knew we, we all know what Owe does best. He sort of sets the edge for the run. He's not, he hasn't really developed into uh, a great pass rusher yet. So obviously JPP was a huge focal point. On, uh, on the defensive game plan because he was getting to the quarterback a lot yesterday. So I think maybe it was just that Owe was sort of the, the, the odd man out. So I don't know that it was like a performance-based thing. And I don't know that we can take it as they're, they're, you know, they're down on him in general. I just think maybe that was the, the game plan going in that he was going to have a, a lesser role in this particular game. Well, they were, they were definitely slotting protection to JPP and Bowser. If you draft Bowser a guy had a fucking great in the game. first round. He did. He did. But that's my that's the thing. If you draft a guy in the first round and you don't get that first round production out of him, like it it fucks everything up. You're you're relying on a thirty five year old Justin Houston, a thirty five year old Clayus Campbell, and a thirty five year old JPP to anchor your pass rush right now. And Tyus Bowser are coming off and Achilles because OA can't get to the fucking well, we draft pro- we draft projects, but there's nobody to develop them. No, but even here, here's the, like I'm okay with drafting projects, but you don't draft projects in the first fucking round. Percent, I agree. Like, you you draft you draft Darius Smiths and Matt Judon's in the fifth round, and then you let them work into something special, and then you let them walk. Like that's fine. I'm cool with that. But why are you trading Orlando Brown for a first round pick, and then you're using that first round pick on a pass rush project that just hasn't panned out? Oway hasn't flashed since that fucking Kansas City game last year. I mean, two. again, like. I, well, he looked good in the Buffalo game this year, but he, he couldn't did. finish. He's had moments, right? He, he's had moments where it's like, okay, it's the next step in the progression, but like, okay, we need you to get to that like final, you know, fully formed version of the guy that we need. I hated the fucking pick when we took away because he had no sacks in college. And so like my thing with that is that you need a guy with an instinct to take the quarterback down. Like that's what we want Oway to do. We want him to be a 10 sack, you know, edge rusher who's going to put up numbers. And he's just not that guy. Everybody hates the Jabo pick, but that guy played one year in college and I got don't. to the fucking quarterback. No, but I mean, people are, you know, again, we got Pickens dick riders or dick eaters. Can I say that? Or is that anti-gay? <laughs> Am I not allowed to say that? Is Tom like tuning a guitar or something? What the fuck is he doing? Oh, I'm, sorry, I'm standing up. My bad. Uh, I can't forgot. fucking sit still. Tom, Tom's got, got old bones, so he's got to get up and stretch him every, every now and then. He's going to sing. He's going to sing. Hallelujah for us in a little bit, but uh, <laughs> no, I mean, it, in all honesty, like you need guys to get to the, when you, everybody kills Eric DaCosta and like, I, I sit here and I try to rationalize things and I try to be like, not part of the fucking mob mentality who gets pissed off at our front office for doing dumb shit. But when you look at taking guys like, oh, a 31 overall, like that pick could be better spent trading for a wide receiver trading for an established talent, trading for somebody who's going to make an immediate impact. And like, this is why, you know, the the argument on Twitter right now is that, you know, EDC is a horrible GM. The problem is, is that EDC is an average GM, but when he misses, he misses big. Like he does not, he he, he fucking. Can I make a comment about the EDC stuff, please? Because, you know, I don't know that a lot of people who love to talk shit about EDC. And I, again, I, I, I've been very clear about this, and and it's you guys can attest to this, uh, the three of you, uh, and Tom. I don't know how much you can or not, but I've never been like a rah rah EDC guy. I am 
pretty neutral on him because I don't like that people like to like draw this line in the sand of, oh, those are Aussie picks because Eric DaCosta has been with the Ravens since the Ravens existed. He was the first hire in this. He was one of the first hires in the scouting department. And he was the assistant GM for Ozzy. So every pick that Ozzy had while he was the assistant GM, Eric DaCosta had a major role in in contributing to making that selection. So the difference is that he is the final decision maker now as opposed to a like a strong voice in the room. So people who but people who want to say act like Eric DaCosta is a guy we like brought in in 2019 like he was some sort of like fresh eyes and it's like this completely new approach he is a disciple of Ozzy he is a guy who helped Ozzy make those picks that people want to talk about not giving Eric DaCosta any credit for and I'm not saying we should give him credit for those picks like he's he was the GM at the time but it's very weird that people want to just like ignore the history of Eric DaCosta with the team and uh, the contributions he made to the the draft classes that people want to uh you know like say this is what we should be doing he was part of that he 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 was a head scout and then he was the assistant GM and and we, now we want to pretend like he had no role in that that's that's pretty fucking stupid to me I will sum up EDC perfectly here. On roster spots 23 to 53, he's a, he's a fucking wizard. Like some of the depth that he pulls, some of the guys that he pulls out, specifically on defense too, some of the guys that he pulls off the street or pulls out in late rounds, Gino Stone comes to mind. Like he does great with those picks. It's when you get into these key starting roles that he just fucking whiffs big time. And wide receiver and pass rusher are the two for me that just stick out of we have had problems at that position since, you know, 2018, 2019, since he took over. And it has taken him for and an offensive line, too. It's taken him forever to fix those. Ben Cleveland, what what the fuck is that shit? You know, like, why, why are we taking that asshole in the third round? Where the fuck is he? He's like, still, what the fuck has he done? We should have traded him by now. We should. We definitely should have tried to flip him. So, I mean, yeah, I mean. Morgan Moses. Morgan Moses fucking sucks. Yeah, there are misses. There are absolutely misses. There are uh you know, there are opportunities that he missed out on as well. And I mean, I fully acknowledge all those things. I'm just saying like the people who want to act like number one, that he hasn't done anything good. And number two, that he wasn't part of the decision-making and the selection and the scouting and the analytics and everything else that went into making the choices, including drafting Lamar Jackson. You think that he didn't have a a huge role in that because that was going to be the guy that was going to define his the beginning of his tenure is the GM. So you think he didn't have a fucking huge role in that? You're crazy. So it's just, I think that like the EDC, uh, the anti EDC narrative that, that we see with a lot of people, I think is a little off base. And, you know, there's a lot of contributing factors there, but EDC doesn't deserve the level of hate he gets for the things that people hate on him for. There are certain things that it's very fair to be upset with EDC for, but some of the shit that people get mad about, it's that's not an EDC problem. We have a dumb, we have a generally dumb fan base is the problem. We have people who massively overreact to things that happen. Again, if you look at our offensive and our defensive spending under EDC, they're they're fairly equal. But the narrative online is that EDC only puts money in the defense and then the defense chokes at the end of games. And that's just that's not well, Ronnie Stanley is wrong. contributing heavily to that number and and, and Lamar yeah, and, on, on, a, on the, uh, fifth year option. the fifth year option. Yeah, no, but the issue is not he he again, you, you gave Mark Andrews a ton of money. You gave Ronnie Stanley a ton of money. You've put a decent amount of money in the offensive line in terms of Kevin Zeitler and even Morgan Moses. But 
you're putting no real money and no real draft capital behind fixing the wide receiver problem. Baltimore has never had a great wide receiver. We should we should have multiple new wide receivers next season. We should have we should have two new starting wide receivers. Why 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 are we waiting for next year? We have James Prochet and Tylen Wallace on the roster right now who are fucking proven useless. So fucking replace them. Where is Andy Isabella? Where is Benjamin Victor? Where is Shamar Bridges? Where is Slade Bolden? Where are any of these guys? Because again. They might give you zero, but you're already getting zero from those spots. So what is the fucking harm? I have a live update. George Pickens just dropped, dropped a fourth down conversion. Dropped it. Oh, shit. Oh! Uncontested. The fact that I have to discuss George Pickens is the exact problem with wide receivers. That fucking guy is not good. Okay? Everybody talks to me about his physical talents, and he makes these catches. He doesn't do shit when it matters. Neither does Mark Andrews, but we love him. Mark Andrews has put up a thousand yard season in the NFL. I'm talking when it matters. Okay, fine, but what? Yeah, again, our wide receivers and tight ends are have not been good. Okay, yeah, like, okay. It, it, we, we, we don't have good weapons. Like nobody's making that argument. Here, here's the argument I made earlier because we were having this conversation in a in a group we have. People, yeah. the people who want to say that the Ravens don't give Lamar Jackson weapons are also saying we had the opportunity to go get George Pickens. Now, you're telling me we drafted Hollywood Brown and we drafted Rashad Bateman in the first round. We have uh, we we got Demarcus Robinson not to be wide receiver one. We never at any point intended on that. So at, I think maybe he was going to be wide receiver two. I think more he was just a wide receiver depth piece. We signed Sammy Watkins. We uh, We've developed Devin DuVernay. We drafted... Uh, athletic pa- pass catching tight ends. So, but you're telling me that the solution to the give Lamar Jackson weapons argument is to draft a wide receiver in the second round. That's the solution. So if he had done that, if we'd done that, then everything's okay. We're going to have our wide receiver one. We're going to draft him in the second round. Okay. That makes Grant, no fucking sense. Grant, as, no, that's not the solution. No, but Grant, hold on. that's as, in as the right the, direction because he's the prototypical wide receiver as, that we need as, in this offense. As the as the resident, you know, George Pickens dick eater uh, of, of the Zone 32 <laughs> podcast, if we gave <laughs> up three first over round here, I'm full from eating yeah. all these dicks. <laughs> no, but seriously, if we gave up three first round picks for Devontae Adams or we drafted George Pickens, which one are you taking? Devontae Adams. Yeah, and that's my problem is that instead of this nonsense of fighting over drafting a fucking head case who doesn't do shit in meaningful spots, 52 overall or 45 overall, why are we not just going and getting an established talent? We well, can't draft yeah. for shit. That's always right. been my issue. Well, well, so, so hold on, but also, Drew, that's to that point. Outside the draft at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, Tom. Exactly, draft. because to, listen. Draft. Right, so listen, to that point, Drew, where did you say we do well? EDC does well from from back of the roster, 23, 23 to 53. Right. Okay. So also he does really well drafting from round three to seven. So you're telling me you wanted to, we want to sacrifice all those picks where he does really well, taking guys value depth guys who like right now, Geno Stone's a guy that he drafted, right? Who is, mm-hmm. a, was a seventh round pick and he's a starter and he's, he's a, a great 
uh, now he wouldn't be starting if we didn't have injuries, but I think he would be starting on another team. He's he's a good player. So we would have had to give away picks where we can get depth and depth is something for the past two years. We've seen if you don't have it, you're fucked because we've been the depth isn't winning us games. We need okay. impact. Players. Well, it, it well, it is, though, because if we didn't have the depth that we have, they would that we wouldn't have. You tell me we could find another Gino Stone type caliber player to fit in the defense in rounds four through seven. We could have, but but why? But the problem is rounds one through three, right? But in order for us, in order for us to have drafted Ojabo where we did, which was a and Grant, I we I have you on air, me, you, and Drew all agreeing, and then Jake probably. I think we were all in agreement. If Ojabo's there. Yeah, if Ojabo's there, and this we recorded the night that he got hurt. We said if he hadn't gotten hurt, Ojabo at fourteen is a no-brainer. Ojabo at fourteen was a no-brainer. You can fast forward to the next episode. Ojabo gets hurt. We get an opportunity to draft the guy at forty-five. Number one, knowing because we our defensive coordinator was his defensive coordinator, knowing that he's going to be ready to play this year. Okay, so we we can draft a a first round, not just a first round, a first half of the first round talent at 45. We can take that guy at 45 or we can trade 45 or we can take George Pickens at 45, where uh, at least one other wide receiver went. I think Wondell Robinson went after 45. So there's other guys who went after that. So we're going to overdraft on Pickens or we're going to trade our 45 to move up to get Pickens in the 30s like all the scenarios where we get pickings don't make sense to me because we're giving away Travis Jones. We're giving away Charlie Kohler. We're giving away Isaiah Likely. We're giving away who who else do we take? Uh, Falale. We're every, all these guys who are actually useful guys in our depth rotation. Guys that we need because we've seen offensive line depth. We don't have it. We're fucked. If we don't if if we don't have uh tight ends in this system were fucked. We need to have extra tight ends. Like this week, the two guys we drafted weren't ready. So we had Josh Oliver who caught a touchdown and could have had two. But you can find other Ben Powers, other Patrick McCarries. You can find them in those rounds. My thing is, is I had, you know, I was a Jermaine Johnson guy, but I think the Ojabo pick, I'm, I don't hate it, but I think based off of need and fit, I think Pickens was the guy. Pickens was a late round talent. Mid to late first round talent. Why? Why did Why did he slide? Why did he slide? Why? Why? Why is he? I think what? because I think because he didn't play his senior year because he got hurt. I think hurt. because he beat up a fucking guy on the field and 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 broke a camera and and got kicked out of a game because he's a fucking shithead. The camera should have been out of the way. He slid because he's not that good, and everybody keeps telling me the NFL is telling me he's a stud. There's a reason every team passed on him one time or off. He is not that good. Just because a guy shows up in the highlight reel every week doesn't mean he's that good. It's like he okay, he makes one play. So like like Drew was saying before we started recording, he's caught zero. He's he's had in in non-winning games. He wins this game. It's thirty-two yards is his high in winning games. Right. He's at 32 yards. He does the things well that we don't have that do well. We don't have 50-50 ballers. We don't have guys that can run big routes on the outside and make contested catches. He's not a 50-50 ball and a contested catch guy. He's When he puts up numbers, it's on prevent defenses when they're losing. We're a base running team. He blocks well on the outside. No, he blocks people on the opposite side of runs. But he does block well on the outside. 
He's a big physical guy. He's he's what we've been trying to make Jaleel Scott into. He's what we thought Shamar Bridges was going to be. He's what we thought, you know, all these big physical receivers that they were trying to, Marlon Brown or whoever, but he's actually got the potential. Yeah, he. I still don't think he has a, a shitty attitude. I think he's competitive. But I'll take competitive over a choir boy any day. And he will get in your face. He will make something happen you know, not not on the offensive side, but on the like to a defender. He's edgy. He's gonna get that grasp. When you're of, getting in my face and you're catching 32 yards worth of passes in a fucking win, you can eat my. But dick. you're also comparing Kenny Pickett. <laughs> you should just tell Max. Max, just title at the episode. Eat my. Dick. You're comparing Kenny Pickett to Lamar Jackson. That's completely different. If he had a better quarterback, he'd look a hell of a lot better. So DeAndre Hopkins looks great with your with fucking grocery baggers thrown on. He, 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 good wide receivers don't matter about the quarterback. I mean, fucking Jeff, Justin Jefferson looks great with fucking Kirk Cousins. Like, this is, you know. Pickens isn't Justin Jefferson. Pickens isn't DeAndre Hopkins. Exactly. So why the fuck are we drooling over him? I, give, get me one of those guys. Don't get me you the fucking. two of the top three wide receivers yeah, in the get NFL. Me a top He's 10 not wide a receiver. Get me a top 10 wide receiver. Don't. That's where the extra first, that's where the extra first round pick comes in. You have two first round picks. We don't need, we don't need a guy who, who is middle of the roster. We need a, we need a, like a leader. And, and, you know, we thought Bateman might be that guy, but Bateman can't stay on the field. So here's my thing though. You have two first round picks, two years in a row. I'm with Drew. I will value late round picks over for a proven player over any draft pick anywhere from 20 to 50, whatever. Don't but care the thing is, we had two first round picks two years in a row. We couldn't make one of those moves for a proven wide receiver with one of those four picks or even two of those four picks. Okay. But I, my issue is that Stefan Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adam, and Tyreek Hill have moved over the last few years. Okay. Those are top five, top 10 wide receivers, legitimate proven studs. And we're over here drooling over a guy who went 52 overall. Get him the fuck out. Like, like, fuck that. Like, even, you know, again, George Pickens aside, don't fucking drool over the guy who went 52 overall. Go get me the fucking real proven stud wide receiver. That's what I'm fucking, I don't understand about this fan base is that we're fixated on George Pickens. Fuck that guy. Go get me a real wide receiver. I just think he's talented. I think he's got a lot of potential. He's not a raven. He's not going to. I'm, I'm. I'm I'm tired I'm tired of potential. I don't want potential. We we James Prochet had potential coming out of college. You know, fucking Miles Boykin had potential. We drafted Oway on potential. We're drafting Ojabo yeah, on potential. Yeah, exactly. Every guy that we've drafted off potential doesn't fucking work. Ojabo's being drafted off potential. No, Ojabo's being drafted off of the fact that he was a top fifteen pick he played before one he got hurt. And had a number two yeah, overall. He played one season and he and he made he made Aiden Hutchinson who he was. No. Aiden Hutchinson. Yes. Aiden Hutchinson had six career sacks before David Ajabo lined up opposite. I've watched enough Michigan football to tell you that, like, David, David Ajabo is fucking the guy who moves the needle. That, that, is, that is the fucking guy of that defense. We're going to find out. And that's, yeah, we're going to find out. And when he gets, you know, fucking 15 sacks in next year and is fucking falling out, I, I, want, I want everybody to fucking get down in front of me and bow down and say, Drew, you were right. Nobody will give me that because nobody wants to admit when I'm right. I'm, you're like giving a crazy person a hammer at that point. I will, I will 1,000% admit you're right if he's a baller. I have no issues admitting. Uh, there, There is no doubt in my mind that that man is going to ball out once we put him on the fucking field because he just has that He has that ability to find the quarterback. And I don't know why. It's the same thing as wide receivers. There are guys who just have the ability to catch the ball and make plays, and there are guys who don't. We draft the guys who don't, and we've drafted the pass rushers who don't in the past. 
Now, Ojabo is a step in the right direction of a guy who does find the quarterback. Get me a fucking wide receiver who makes the plays. This is, I'm just, it's so frustrating watching our fans talk about, you know, again, as Will said, I am not an EDC guy like Will is. I would say that Will is uh, much more, um, you know, calm, calm thought process on EDC. I'm fucking sick and tired of watching these fucking shitbags line up at wide receiver for us. Like, I'm sick and tired of watching these fucking shitty guys line up and eat pass rushers for us. Go get me somebody good. James Prochet's really good at the jugs machine. It, even then, he's not good. I haven't seen a jugs machine video from him in months. And Devin, and by the way, wide receiver one, wide receiver one, Devin Duvernay yesterday had a uh, a, a, a drop that made me want to throw up. It was it wasn't yeah, a, it, it wasn't even like uh, it wasn't even like a he was running a a slant or a, he was downfield. It was an outlet was pass, uncontested outlet pass, and he just took his eye off it, looked upfield, and dropped it. It made me sick. And uh, and wide receiver one Devin Duvernay had a fucking couple bonehead return plays too let's try and and just put a bow on this because we could talk about this we could we could we can stay talking about this conversation this recap could could take two hours and 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 and, you know we have a guest who we haven't really let talk to the point where he's just like not even on screen he's wandering around he's probably like putting up fucking christmas lights outside or something he's looking forever miss furthermore we play the pittsburgh steelers after this week we can go ahead and slander Pickens and the Rooney family like I like to do next week. So let's segue into something different. <laughs> Broncos. If Russell Wilson leaves M&T Bank Stadium alive, I'm going to be furious. They score more than 10 points to riot. The Carolina Panthers just embarrassed them, just embarrassed the Broncos. And the week before, we embarrassed the, the Panthers. And we barely scored any points. We, we were that dominant. So if, if that's the Broncos team we're going to see next week and we don't stomp them. And again, like I, we went, I went into this Jags game and I, I may have been a little bit foolish in uh, I underestimated they were coming out of a bye. They were at home. So, you know, those are factors that I just I, I don't really care. It's the Jaguars and we're better than them. Plus, they've been a lot of one score games this year. Yeah. And we, we lost by one point and we dropped three touchdowns. So do the math there. That was, I believe, uh, Drew pointed out because he is, 12 points on he, the table. He, he is great at math. Uh, yeah, w- that's a 12-point swing. So, you know, those 12 points seem to have come into play when we lose by one. Um, but the Broncos have a good defense. I think we can still impose our will on them running the ball. And the, our defense should absolutely eat that offense alive at home. Um, I think also I believe that the offense is they're they're in a position where at any moment, at any week, they could explode and score like 45 points. We haven't seen that from them yet. And this is still a, a Lamar Jackson offense can score points. This offense, when you look at it on paper, is it I'm not even saying it's like, is it that much different? It's better than the, the 2019 offense. It's a good offense. It's a it, it's a good to great offensive line, assuming we have all, all the pieces. Now, you know Ronnie Stanley. Who knows what's going on with him? But it's a better offense than 2019, in my opinion. Like the wide receivers stunk in 2019. The wide receiver or the uh, the running backs are uh, we we've J.K. Dobbins coming back this this week and start practicing. I know Tom is under the impression that he's not going to play again this year, which I think is uh, I don't know where you're coming up with that. I also don't care if he plays again. I, I that that Twitter shit and then getting hurt. He can he can fuck off. Well, he didn't get hurt though. I think he he was he was getting scar tissue cleaned up because he came back too early. Yeah, don't so. run your fucking mouth then. 
Well, well, you know how I feel about that. I think he looks like a fool for what he did there, but you know, it, it is what it is. I, I would rather have him in the game if he if he is game ready. I want one of these fucking offensive players that I sit here and talk shit about to go on the field, do something good, and shut me the fuck up. I'm real tired of talking shit. Yeah, they they pull their jersey up and they have a, a t shirt underneath that says "fuck you, Ben Drew." Yeah, <laughs> do it. If James Rochet catches a touchdown pass and has a shirt on that says it's a butterfly and it says "fuck Ben Drew" underneath it, good, good, yeah. do it. It's a seventy dollars. Yeah, you got to buy a James Prochet jersey if he says "fuck Ben Drew" with a butterfly. <laughs> After he scores a touchdown, if he does that, then yeah. The right now, James Prochet and I have the same number of NFL touchdowns as wide receivers. How about this? Deshaun Jackson, who people shit on when we signed him, in one catch has more more yards than James Prochet. And that's not even counting the 50, 53 or 54 yards of penalties that James Prochet has accounted for this year. That's just yep. receiving yards in one catch. Deshaun Jackson has three catches this year and is dwarfing James Prochet's production. So, hey, while well, I'm on the show, talk about who was uh, Team DJX from the start, Will. You you were yeah, you, you were, were the right guy time. and but be honest don't don't paint this in the in the wrong context <laughs> I said that we don't need him because we had Hollywood so as soon as we don't have Hollywood nah, and, right, right. and I've always said that that Hollywood Brown should go go to sleep at night kneel next to his bed and pray that he becomes Deshaun Jackson that should be who he aspires to be as an NFL player and Deshaun Jackson is a great NFL player. I think that's who the Ravens thought he was going to be. You know, I think they drafted Hollywood thinking he was going to be their Tyree killer DJ. Yeah, they right? thought he was going to be Tyree killed. Yeah, that's the thing. Yes. So, like, yeah, Hollywood Brown, De- De- Deshaun Jackson is not Tyree Kill. So the fact that they thought that 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 midget was going to be Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill is is a small guy in height, but he does not play small. He's not a small guy in in every other way. I mean, the guy's thick and strong and runs with the ball and runs through tackles. And so, you know, Hollywood Brown, his game is being uh, running away from people, not, not running through people, not making people miss. It's just running away from them. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't understand why there was ever any confusion about that, but yeah, I mean, Deshaun Jackson is everything that Hollywood Brown should aspire to be. He is the model for what he we could be, and and if if Hollywood Brown embraces that, he could have a great great career. I don't know if it's ever going to happen though. I think he's he's got on, on inflated Sunday, ego. No, he's going to retire to be a Twitch streamer, and I'm going to stick True. by that. But on Sunday, I need a Djax touchdown. I need you know a couple of more rushing touchdowns, and I need Mark Andrews to catch the ball. Like that's yeah. those are kind of my my big things to the game here of. You had potentially like the worst performance in the last couple of years of the team. This was the worst loss since that Browns beat on, I think. Personally, I mean, watching that, that was just fucking pathetic. You know, choking in the fourth quarter, offensive points on the table. Like, this is a week where the, you know, Broncos are down. Everybody hates Russell Wilson. I mean, you've got teammates screaming at him coming off the sidelines. Somebody fucking sucks. Like, let's make it hurt. Like, let's make, let's make this game the reason why they fired Nathaniel Hackett. Like, Let's 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 do some shit like that and fucking you know make this game hurt and win big and win easy. Yeah, uh, Mark Andrews is probably gonna have like eleven catches for one hundred and sixty yards because number one, he always bounces back, so I will give him credit for that. But it's also like the game is gonna be not close, so uh, he's gonna have a great game because there's no pressure. Because it because it doesn't matter, right? Right, exactly. Now I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take the production wherever I can get it, but. 
Mark Andrews needs to fix his his problem of shrinking in the moment. Jacksonville shouldn't have been a moment. No, it shouldn't. Have, that that's the that's the biggest thing. It's like, I mean, I guess if you want to, if you really want to argue it, like maybe he went in thinking like, oh, I don't have to do that much today. But hey, buddy, you gotta you gotta you have to like read the room. If if the moment calls for it, if we're relying on you, you you need to be there. You need Mark Andrews needs to be good for seven catches and a hundred yards and and a touchdown every single week. That's that's what like especially when we're talking about tight ends and wide receivers are interchangeable. Well, he's our number one guy. Period. If he's the number one guy and they're interchangeable, then he's our number one wide receiver. Which means every it, single week it, he needs to be good for you know six to seven catches, eighty to one hundred yards, and at least one touchdown. And this if week they call your number only. Th- if they only call your number three times, you make all three of those plays. That's yeah. all I ask. But but he'll ne- that'll never be the case. That'll never be the case. He's gonna get six to eight targets every single game, every game. So if he's only catching four, that's a fucking problem. Yeah, it it is. And you know, again, we need the defense to step up too. Russell Wilson has sucked this year. Um, don't don't let Russ cook. You know what I mean? Yep. Last time I drove to Baltimore to watch Russell Wilson play, he put up like six touchdowns and Jimmy Clausen got his uh, teeth kicked in. <laughs> so I'm not trying to watch that again. I'm not trying to drive eight hours down there. Well, I'm not trying to watch Russell Wilson do something. Good. There's a variable in play this week. Me, Grant, and Drew are all going to be in Baltimore before the game at Pickett Brewing. We're going to meet up with a lot of a lot of different uh, Ravens, Twitter entities. Uh, I know it's a it's like a a group effort to throw the party. It's Spencer, Jake, Kevin, Canadian Cole. I feel like there's maybe one one other person. Somebody else. Yeah, there's somebody else I'm missing. Uh, I don't. I know at one point Banks was involved, so he may be there, but maybe they didn't. He he needed to pull his name off the 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 marquee because it wasn't like a barstool uh, sponsored event. Uh, Speaking of which. I'm drinking the Barstool uh, Whistle Pig Rye right now. It's delicious. Shout out KFC Radio. But uh, this is a, this is something that's never happened before. So we're going to have a, a a Zone 32, uh, you know, most of Zone 32. Should we announce a live show in Annapolis the night before, or is that still a secret? <laughs> well, the cat's out of the Depends bag the now. Cat's out yeah. of the bag now. Yeah. And it is dog friendly. Don't, Don't worry. It's dog friendly as, as the, the podcast, the lead off the podcast, uh, you know, made clear, this is a very dog friendly podcast. So anyone and if everyone, you want to bring your if you want to bring your parents dog to our live show, you're more than welcome to do that. So. <laughs> Dress code is no air force ones allowed. <laughs> Only black. If you're going to wear air force ones, only black and a ski mask. And a fucking flannel sheet. You got to wrap yourself in a flannel yeah, sheet. Just a flannel sheet, or you yeah. can't get in. Yeah, that's, no that's instead of a ticket, we're just going to. It is final flannel season, sheets. so you know. Um, yeah, but I think I think it, it, this this like preview. It's not it's not that deep. Uh, the Broncos have a good defense. They've they've allowed just over seventeen points a game. I think maybe that's up a little bit because I think they they allowed like twenty three or twenty four points this past week. week. Yeah, so they're probably up around 18 points a game. That's a very respectable number, and our offense doesn't score that much. Oh, wow, George Pickens, good for you. George Pickens, Tuddy, just saying. Yeah. So they're going to lose, right? No, they're winning. Well, if history is any indication, but we just we went over the alternate alternate total, so good for me. So anyway, um, (laughs) so – we, this is a game we, we shouldn't have any trouble winning. They have a good defense. Our offense, I think, just 
we need to, this needs to be the week where we get on track. And I think getting on track against a good defense is a great confidence booster. Hopefully we get Isaiah likely back. That would be, I think important. Um, I want to see Charlie Kohler, Charlie Kohler. Yeah. And people, some people that, that we guys know that, 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 that all of us here, Jake, you're not in this group. We, we keep referencing, but some people are like down on Charlie Kohler. I'm like, you've never seen him fucking play before. What, what are you, what are you down on? He's a variable. There's no. no reason to be pessimistic. And yeah. And at, especially like we, everybody it's universal. It's universal. We don't have enough pass catchers. We don't have enough guys who make plays. Charlie Kohler was, uh, and you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lean too heavily on the RAS, but the RAS for Charlie Kohler, he's the number 24 all time since 1987 tight end. So his relative athletic score was number 24 out of, I believe like, uh, 487 tight ends ever rated since 1987. He's a very athletic player. He profiles as a great red zone threat. Um, he was the second number two graded PFF uh, tight end in FBS last year in the red zone. Number one being Isaiah Likely. We drafted number one and number two in the red zone. So obviously we have a red zone uh, emphasis going. So if we can get those two guys suited up and ready, um, you know, I do see us running a, a good number of plays from the red zone, considering how much we run the ball. So I think that would be a boost to the offense. So I think scoring like 30 points against this, this Broncos team would be a huge confidence booster for uh, the Ravens. We need it on offense. The defense, I think needs to get back on track that fourth quarter. They need to put it out of their memory and do what they did. The, the two games before that. Um, and I'm just kind of referencing the, the Roquan era, um, Roquan had a couple plays last week. I thought where he got a little bit lost and I think that can definitely be, a, a, a you know, just sort of an outcome of a guy who's only been on the team for a month. Um, so it's also an outcome of not having your normal safeties and zones behind you. True. Kyle Hamilton not being there was Kyle huge. Hamilton was huge. And again, well, that's why I guarantee you guarantee you. That's why we saw Marlon Humphrey playing so much slot corner because we didn't have Kyle Hamilton. So we didn't have Marlon outside where we needed him because Kyle Hamilton's been hurt. And hopefully that Kyle Hamilton ankle injury was just a one week thing because we could use him. The Broncos offense, they do have good wide receivers and Russell Wilson's Russell Wilson. He hasn't, you know, looked like the vintage Russell Wilson, but he's still, he's, you know, who knows when he's when that guy's going to show back up. So um, having, Marlon Humphrey as our, uh, you know, our outside cornerback and having Kyle Hamilton available to do what he's been doing so well all year. That's where he's a role player. He's not a role player. He has a defined role and it's he's defending inside in coverage and he's a lockdown guy. So um, I don't know. I think, again, you go into this game expecting we should win this game. We're way better than the Broncos. Anybody who says differently is wrong, but we've we've proven many times this season that we can lose to teams that we're better than. Or so you know, I, I don't know what let's, to expect. Yeah, but let's fucking wear black jerseys, purple pants, fucking hang forty five on the Broncos and call it a weekend. It's gotta be either black jer- black jerseys, purple pants, or purple jerseys, black pants. Either way, let's fucking take them out. And let's score early and often, and let's pick off Russell Wilson three or four times. Everybody can be happy again. I'm going to have to get on this podcast next Tuesday and fucking bitch and moan. If we put up 45 points, I might not say fire Greg Roman, which would be a record. Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm sick of being pissed off watching this team. So let's give me a reason to not be pissed off. 
Yeah. If, if you lose to the Broncos at home, then uh, being pissed off will be at an all-time high, I think. Oh, it'll then be worse. Gotta... I'll be I'll be fucking looking for John Harbaugh and Greg Roman's head on sticks outside of the office. Tom. If you lose to the fucking Broncos at home, then you got to fire some people. Tom, what's your what's your prediction for um, jersey pants combination? Man, I'll... it says white pants on me. I think I think they're gonna go purple and white. I knew you. I knew you were gonna say that because you're a fucking basic bitch. Um, so I'm not saying I want them to do that. I'm saying that's what I think they're gonna do. Well, you're still basic. You 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 put up fucking. You were watching. Uh, you were watching Home Alone on Thanksgiving like a basic bitch. So how'd that go for you? You know, it went great till I was rudely interrupted. Is that the segue? Yeah. <laughs> hey, how was your Thanksgiving, Tom? Is it because you decorated early for Christmas and got fucked up? Maybe? It was my Father's Day, and uh, my birthday's coming up on Saturday, so I'm just fucking waiting for that to get ruined, too. Shameless. 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 He came on the podcast just to tell everyone it was his fucking birthday. Tom turns 48 on Saturday. That's cool. <laughs> 43, motherfucker. 43. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, Home Alone was going great until right when Kevin was, you know, about to defend the house from the burglars. I got rudely interrupted because Will mentioned some sort of tweet about someone's brother. No, 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 no. Wait, hold on, hold on. I got a better segue here. I got a better. So Home Alone is about defending his parents' house. And the person that you upset lives with their parents at age 37. So I just, I feel like it's worth mentioning. I thought it was 38. I, I don't remember. They got really bent out of shape that I said they were like 37 and they're really 36. Now, let's so. be clear. Oh. Uh, oh. A, a, a drunk, obese, uh, now now uh, bald man started saying some wild shit on Twitter and I responded <laughs> and all I did... Will said drunk and obese and I thought he was talking about her. Yeah, so did I. I, I, I thought that was going to go a different way. <laughs> I, I was like, Jesus Christ, he's going in for the count. No, those were your tweets, not mine, pal. No, I responded. <laughs> I responded to a drunk, obese, bald man, and I, I said, we name him. "Well, and and I referenced an old tweet of his where he was uh, criticizing a man who was literally on his deathbed from being addicted to drugs, and I said that the person who." Uh, ruined your Thanksgiving hates when she has to defend that tweet because she has done it before. She's turned it on people and, and said, um, yeah, he said that, but you uh, you also one time said people should drink every time I say something stupid, which I'd, that sounds like a fucking very fun game to me. Uh, it sounds like a good way to get fucked up on a on like a Saturday afternoon. But but that's just I never supporting said, local I business. I never said a word about anyone's fucking brother and I never fucking have. So let's no, be but clear this about is that. What, this is what this this is what this moron has done for three or four years at this point. Is that anytime something is said where they are vaguely mentioned, they spin themselves of being in the victim. No, no, no. I I used her name. I did use her name. I did use her name, but but I had the police. I had the police called on me because I named somebody else, and that person spun that into them being the victim. So this is this is the level of crazy we're talking about at the moment. Uh, are we mentioning names or are we I, I, it's up to you pal it's up to you buddy we're we're protecting you right now no no you don't no, you don't need to protect me but I, I mean i will say you know and and will and drew can both vouch for this um i mean like i said most days i like this person she's fine we've had good interactions um but you know she slid into the dms on thursday uh about will's tweet and said thanksgiving day to be clear not not just any other thursday thanksgiving day 
And and to be fair, we had talked earlier in the day via DMs, her and I, like, hey, happy Thanksgiving, blah, 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 made fun of something else. Um, you know, so everything was normal. And then, uh, you know, she slid in in the middle of the home alone and said, what the fuck did I do now? And I said, you know, what are you talking about? Right. And I'm chilling with the family. I'm not on Twitter at this moment. <laughs> and then I actually took the time to explain your tweet, Will, just as just as you just explained it. Right. Um, and I said, you know, he's not he's not really tweeting about you. He kind of mentioned this to show how hypocritical the other person was. Um, and I certainly wasn't tweeting about her brother. Right, right, right. And that's when the accusations kind of came in, like, oh, you're sticking up for your best friends, like, way to stick up for them, they do this. And I said, I said, dude, you, you, you asked what happened, and I calmly and rationally explained it, and, and you didn't like the explanation. Like, and then... Sounds familiar, Tom. Sounds familiar. Other than ghostwriting my negative tweets about this person, I don't think you and I interact too much, Tom. So I don't know. It's, it's kind of um, rude that she says that we're, you know, best friends and that it's uh, you're held responsible for my tweets and you only write half of them for me. And to be fair, in this case, uh, it wasn't even your tweets. <laughs> yeah, it's a rare, rare occurrence that it's not uh, somehow my fault. I had a great one about her the other day, but no, I just I, we, we deal with crazy people on the Internet. So I, I definitely... Um, it's fun to make fun of them, but at the end of the day, like they go to bed alone in their parents' house and they make up a fake fiance. Like that's how miserable these people are. So uh, those can, are the people who hate the Ravens. I can only confirm one out of those three facts that uh, Drew just mentioned. And again, nine days out of ten, I do like this person to get along with their fine. Oh, uh, now it's up to nine. It was eight. It was eight earlier. That uh, was it. Yeah, eight's eight's probably more realistic than I was trying. I would to say that. the ninth day he's amused by her psychotic behavior. So. Is that liking her or is that just being amused by her? I'm not sure. We're not psychologists. We're not doctors like Tom. So, Well, I'm, I will say I'm, I'm amused when the ninth day is not a holiday, which it frequently is. <laughs> it almost always is. So what are we doing? What are we going to do for Christmas? We got to go big. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'll I, I tell you what I'm going to do is throw my phone in the fucking fireplace. That's fine. She'll show up at your house. <laughs> God. Clearly bored on holidays. If we, uh, you know, draw some conclusions here, uh, yeah, I would say so. Uh, especially, you know, not just holidays, but holidays where we celebrate men, which happens, you know, <laughs> once a year. Yeah, God, God forbid we celebrate men. Men are trash. Are men okay? That's really the uh, the real question here. Well, I know uh, that um, George Pickens is not okay. Yeah, no, I know that uh, obese, bald. What was the third one that I, that I said earlier? Uh, obese, bald, drunk. Oh, yeah. Drunk, obese, bald men are not okay. I know that for a fact. Very well dressed. Especially when you find out a certain rapper dies of a drug overdose. Like, Wasn't even dead yet. No, wasn't dead. It was the night before. I'll say this. If he was straight edge, that would be different. But the fact that, he's, but he, that he drinks, I'm like, nah, you, you can't go straight edge revenge on anybody overdosing, man. Fuck that shit. Well, and then after gotta, that happens, you got to live in Reno like, or Salt Lake City and be a Mormon. You can change your whole per- online persona afterwards. Right. Then. And then claim that's not why you did it. And then all right. of a sudden you start seeing him post videos of fucking Minor Thread or Barcadia or these old fucking straight edge bands from back in the day. <laughs> Fun times. All I love when, sudden- J- when Jake starts talking about, about shit that only he understands. I, I, I get, I actually do understand some of what you're saying, but. So so specific. It's like it's like when somehow Jake finds a way to to weave electricity into into, into the, our conversations. Yeah, but that black that's wires and red wires and 
Yeah. Black wires, red wires, blue wires, orange. Hold on, we we got to do we have to do um score predictions for this week. Yep. And before we get into that, I'll give Grant a final thought on his thoughts on the game. Grant, do you have anything else to share about the game or have we covered everything? I just think that we need to come out and take this game a little bit more seriously than probably anticipated or probably what they did against the Jaguars because the receivers they have, um, Latavius Murray's been running the ball pretty essentially well. Um, I mean, we, they could go out and if we made Trevor Lawrence look like fucking Dan Marino, or Mark Brunel, we can, we're going to go out and make Russell Wilson look like prime Peyton Manning. I mean, it's, it just goes back to scheme and defense and being out coached. You know, I want to see adjustments. I want to see better adjustments. I want to see better in-game situations and I want to see better schemes. I want to see adjusted schemes, give your quarterback time, like the basics that you don't think you should have to say, we have to say. And that goes all into the coaching staff. Um, this is a very, very, very winnable game. I mean, they just got the brakes beat off of them by Carolina. Um, so I don't know what's going to happen. The way this team plays to their competition, and I mean, they could beat the best team and they could lose to the worst team. I've never seen anything like it as a team that just lets people down and lets themselves down. But once again, that falls on the coaching staff. Um, I think we come out on top. I think we, this is, a, I mean, this is essentially a must win with an easy schedule. You can't drop two back to back horrible losses. Yeah, we'll agree. All right. Great. So, with that being said, pants prediction, pants prediction, score prediction. Also, before that, something else to consider had Denver scored more than 18, 18 points or more in regulation throughout this season, they would be, I believe, the record to be nine and two, something of the sort. So I'll give flowers to their defense at least, and we'll give fucking dandelions and weeds to their offense. But anyway, I'm at a caveat to my pants prediction and my and my score prediction. I think it's going to be purple jerseys, black pants. I would love to see the all black. I would love to see the black and purple, but I think we'll probably see that combination for one of the Steelers games. But that's just my thought on the matter. Also, if they were white pants and purple jerseys, the score is going to be nine to six Ravens. They go icy. Russell Wilson will go back to 2015 where he threw. All Neither one of those is even an option. They're at home. They're not wearing white jerseys at home. Agreed. So all things considered, purple jerseys, black pants, Ravens win 20 to 10. Okay. All right. I'll go purple jerseys, black pants, and I got Ravens 35-7. Tom, you go ahead. Man, I, I still think they're going basic. I think it's I think it's purple jerseys, white pants, and they're saving the good shit for the Steelers and other games later. Uh, Broncos defense is solid, man. I think it's I think it's another shitty game that we hold our breath for. I'm gonna say Ravens 17, Broncos 13, but it's close till the end. I'm gonna have to go with I'm I'm gonna be off the radar here. I'm gonna go black jerseys, purple pants. I think we need to go purple pants um, again with this and. I think we need a little rebuttal here, and I'm going to say 23-13 Baltimore. Um, I, I agree. I think, you know, offensively we're just not there where we need to be. We don't have any threats outside of Lamar Jackson. So, I mean, I think Denver defensively is going to do fine. Patrick Sertan's a stud. Um, they got the pass rushers. They got the linebackers. I mean, they play very well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that's what's going to be. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to go black jerseys, purple pants. I mean, it's got to come out sometime. Yep. All right, Grant, I'm on your page here. Black jerseys, purple pants. I think we need uh, sort of a, an energy infusion, and I think that combination is one that's so rare, and uh, I think the players get up for it. So 
black jerseys, purple pants. And I'm going to go the opposite way of everybody else. I think this is going to be a game where we score points and the defense shows up 31, nine, zero touchdowns scored by the uh, Broncos. It's going to be three field goals, 31 to nine. I'd say it's a reasonable prediction. Tom's does as well. I mean, that Broncos offense for what we've been forced to watch in prime time and other games, they've been good for a touchdown a week and maybe a field goal on top of that. They don't typically score more than 10 points. Whenever whenever they tell Russ to start cooking, he grabs a TV dinner from the 99 cent store and he fucking burns it. So, I mean, all things considered, like I said, if it's purple jerseys, white pants, like Tom is suggesting, nine to six. It's going to be an ugly piece of shit that probably fall asleep to. If it's white, if it's purple jerseys, black pants, I'll go like 20 to 10 or so. And if it's like you guys are saying, then all bets are off. That's going to be a fucking barn burner. They might actually score a little more because every time we've worn black jerseys and purple pants, it's been a nail biter game because go back to the Browns game in 2018 where CJ Mosley actually caught an interception to win. That came down to the end. The overtime game last year against the Colts came down to the end, which is a high scoring affair. So if that's the case, I'd probably go on to 31, 27 where actually Russell Wilson figures out how to cook a fucking souffle, but they lose. Jake has given six different predictions. Just, just to be clear. All depends on the combinations, baby. All based on the uniform combinations. Literally all based on the uniform combinations. He won't commit. I commit. Purple jerseys, black pants, 20 to 10. Ravens. He's a probability guy. That's my pick. He's taking all the variables in. Yep. He let us talk the whole time. He's like, now it's my time. I'm going to go. It's my time. Turn into fucking Skip Bayless all of a sudden. It's my turn. (laughs) But anyway, so that's going to do it for this week's installment. We will be back to discuss what happens on Sunday. But meanwhile, I got to make a noise. See ya! (laughs) Zone, Zone 32. 32.